0: Who's still buffering a cross generational guide to the culture that made us? I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh,
1: I understand from Twitter that I am supposed to ask for a vibe
0: check. Oh now. no, is that what I saw?
1: <laughs> yes, uh,
0: tweeted I, by you. I made okay. So I don't know if this has happened to you all in your Animal Crossing games. Welcome to another episode about Animal Crossing. Um, it's not really. It's not, but <laughs> yeah. I wish. Um, okay. Uh, one of my villagers said, I feel like my catchphrase is getting pretty stale. Do you have a suggestion for a new one? And I immediately thought, I want this rhinoceros to ask me for a vibe check every time we speak. So I made her catchphrase vibe check. And then something happened and it has been passed among all of my villagers. So now every single villager on my island, whenever I'm talking to them, ends their phrase with vibe check. <laughs> and it is very good. <laughs> That's pretty cute. What is that? Does that just mean, like, how are you? How are your vibes? Vibe check. I've never heard that. Mm. It's a... Oh. <laughs> it's a cool thing.
1: It's cool. Oh, that's... Well, there you go. <laughs> it's no, a cool thing? I, um,
0: I I mean, I've mostly seen it used as a joke and heard it used as a joke among my friends, like, Whoa, dude, your vibes are really off for, like, how you, how you vibing tonight. How are your vibes tonight, today? vibe check are you good you bad okay whatever okay. i, I, I i've never heard anyone in my day-to-day life use it unironically mm. um but i just enjoy the thought of all of my tiny animal villagers asking me for a vibe check every time they speak to me <laughs> uh well that makes sense
1: I, yes. I see i didn't know that the the closest i come to being in touch with today's culture are the life hack videos that charlie keeps making me watch
0: mm. mm-hmm oh.
1: Today, she drew all over my face with these face paint crayons I got her to try to make to help me look sick mm-hmm. so that we could skip school. because that lot li- she learned from a video? Yes, there was a life hack video <laughs> on how to make it look, how to like make circles under your eyes, basically, so that you look kind of sick uh-huh. so that your parents will let you stay home from school. That's not a very good life hack for her to know. It's not no well that's i mean not really a life hack that's just a also, lie yeah it <laughs> also
0: doesn't different. work very well yeah when you're in preschool and your zoom classes you know from home <laughs> yeah that, that zoom class that. also when you're using face paint crayons it doesn't
1: look like you're sick yeah <laughs> cooper cooper drew all over her face with red crayons and then she looked like a zombie sort of yeah so
0: did i will say though mom came home today after seeing them mm-hmm. and had some purple and red on her eyes and some pink on her face and the minute i first saw her i said oh no mom what's wrong because <laughs> it looked like just you mm-hmm. had a rash on her face and and that was the goal that's what they black were doing eyes i don't know that was the whole game so i mean maybe they did it right
1: i don't maybe. know that that's what they were that's what they were working on that was Uh, The other life hack she really enjoys is uh, she saw if you get, um, like, I think it was McDonald's specific, like, uh, one of the little chicken nugget holders, the little containers of Mm -hmm. chicken nuggets. You open it up, put your chicken nuggets on one side, your fries on the other, and then put it over the straw in your fountain drink, so like the straws in the middle and it holds like a little table for your chicken nuggets and french fries and you can drink your drink through the straw so you can hold all of it in one hand and then walk around and eat chicken nuggets and french fries and drink your soda all over the house instead of at the table
0: where mommy asked you to <laughs> mm, that seems like it was intended for driving Uh, I don't know,
1: maybe, I don't know what it was intended for, but all I know is that since she's five, it just resulted in chicken nuggets and french fries. All over the house. Yes, and a Hansel and Gretel style trail behind her, so.
0: Now, this reminds me of that great episode of Drake and Josh, where. (laughs) Obviously. Megan creates the perfect movie theater bucket that Uh has a little pocket at the bottom for your drink. And then separation, popcorn goes on top, so they're in the same bucket. But you have a straw that goes all the way down to the bottom to drink your drink.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: then two little pockets on either side for your snacks. And my question is, why has no movie theater adopted this great this great plan yet? Because <laughs> then you're just carrying one bucket. You're not carrying like, oh, I got a bag of popcorn over here and I got a big drink. And then I got my, my Sour Patch Kids under my arm. No. In one bucket with a straw that goes all the way through to the bottom that has your Diet Coke in it and your buttered popcorn on top. That you can still no. eat with your mouth and your sour patch kids safely in their own little pocket on the side
1: that sounds really convoluted you know if you get a lot of stuff they'll just
0: give you that little box you know you, you just have a tray. the tray yeah that, i have never gotten a box in a movie theater have you asked they, they give you the I little didn't know they,
1: cardboard it's like a tray box thing with yeah. all the things in it
0: are you talking about the kids one no, they have them for grown-ups. <laughs> they have them for grown-ups? Because every time at the movie theater, I see these kids stroll into the theater with their cool little dinosaur boxes with a little serving size of popcorn oh, no. and their slushy and their candy. And I'm like, well, this is great. I want one, but I'm an adult. I mean, I think there's like a kid's tray that's specifically probably
1: with the dinosaurs. But usually, just you just have enough stuff, they'll give you one as an adult or just if you ask. Wow. I, think I don't like, want my soda heated up through popcorn stuff that's what you you drink through the popcorn you get hot soda i think it what it seems is that your generation uh you kids today have never gone to candy hq loaded up some plastic bags with cheaper candy filled your backpack with them and snuck them into the movie theater instead of buying snacks and it shows
0: sydney You haven't seen the TikToks of half to (laughs) sneak snacks into the movie theater because the most popular one now is to get a giant half of a styrofoam ball that is hollow and fill it with snacks and then tape it under your stomach to make it look like you're pregnant so you can take it off and have a big bowl full of snacks when you get in the movie theater.
1: I I actually did see that um, Troom Troom video. Yes. (laughs) I think that they just don't pat you down, so why not just use your pockets? I don't know. I want to question. Yeah.
0: The- no, you can make it very obvious. At least here in Huntington, West Virginia, and they won't say anything because I went to a movie with a friend who straight up just stuck a bunch of bags of candy under his shirt to make it very bulky. And he didn't have a jacket on. He just kept his arms over his shirt. They didn't say anything. <laughs>
1: My, my friends and I went to a movie and, and my friend had just filled her purse with candy and they asked to look at her purse and she opened it and there was all this candy. And the, the lady said, are you going to eat that in the theater? And we all said, no. And she said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we went to <into> the theater. <laughs> oh, man. Just, that's for this, later. This is, this is the real secret, kids. They don't care. They don't care.
0: Do you remember we <laughs> also care. did this? We the three of us did this at a Broadway show once. We did. We went and saw Spider Man turn off the dark after we had so been good. to Dylan's candy bar. Oh yeah. We, and we had oh. giant big plastic bags full of candy, and we just stuck them in like our shopping bags or our purses, and ate them throughout the Broadway show. <laughs> We're classy. Yeah. At Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, we were in the fly zone and had many Spider-Mans running by us. I loved it. I loved that show. I loved it. That
1: was a good show.
0: It was. I I had so much fun. It was a good show. Um, I want to talk about another good show. All right. Please do. And that's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the show. Yes. um, Which is a TV show created by and starring Rachel Bloom, who I thoroughly enjoy. Um, It started back in October of 2015, and it ran for four seasons up until last spring in April of 2019. And basically, it is a kind of satirical, musical, comedy TV show about Rebecca Bunch, who was a super successful, wealthy New York attorney who uh, is also kind of miserable in her life and meets her old high school ex-boyfriend from summer camp, Josh ...in New York, and he says he's moving back to West Covina, California, and she decides all at once, spontaneously, to also move to West Covina, California to pursue Josh. And hijinks ensue from there. Um, I... Go ahead. No, do you want any initial continue, thoughts?
1: Okay. And then I will tell you what I'm thinking.
0: Okay. Um, I didn't watch the show and it was on TV, and I actually read afterwards that it was extremely low-rated while it was on TV... And it was one of the lowest rated TV shows to ever continue for four seasons in the same network. Hmm. CW kept it the whole time. And it was highly uh, raved by critics, but regular audiences did not enjoy it. Um, I didn't watch it until it was on Netflix about a year ago. And I binged all of it in about a week. And it had quickly become one of my favorites.
1: We Justin and I, uh, when it first came out, watched one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. Way back when it first came out, and uh, I have to say it—it just—it didn't do it for me at the time, mm-hmm. or collectively, it didn't. I don't remember, but we—we we kind of abandoned it. Mm-hmm. So it was really wild to check back in with it and see what that show became. Yeah, <laughs> like it was very like when I was reading like Tooks about the turns. whole thing. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it. I, I was like, okay, well, this definitely
0: changed. Yeah. Um, Tay, what did you think? I'm interested to hear what you all thought.
1: Well, so. I will say, I, I did enjoy it. I got through about half of, of the the available, what is it? You said four seasons? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I watched a, about all of the first two. Um, and uh, I intend to finish it. I, I really like it. I will say, and I'm sure we can go more into this, and I wonder if I'm alone in this, it makes me feel a little manic watching it. Like, mm-hmm. there's something about, I think that too often in media, the character of, like, a... Like crazy girl is always just, well, she's crazy and mm-hmm. is not given a lot of depth. There are a lot of development be- beyond that. And so to see that kind of like that's the focus of the show and like it's a real person and there's really a lot of pain and struggle. It's like it's right. really I think it's really good that that exists, but it's also really hard to watch as somebody that mm-hmm. also gets that label a lot. It's like, oh, God, it's just the the commiseration is intense. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I should also say we'll probably have spoilers. Yeah, yes. definitely. Okay, definitely. Um, there yes. will be spoilers.
0: I, one of the things I think is best about the show is the very ending of the whole series. We'll get to that later, but yes, we will be talking about that. So if you want to watch the show, maybe don't listen yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the best part for me about the whole show is what you were touching on, Taylor, is that you have Rebecca as your main character who you want to like because she is your protagonist kind of and um you know you're rooting for her to get with josh or greg or nathaniel or whoever she's getting with at whatever time you want her to succeed but she also has a lot of flaws and is like shown to be this not perfect person and is shown to be like well people call her crazy and no one is crazy but these are her struggles and this is why people see her that way but this is also why she has those struggles mm-hmm. and this is like you know if you offhandedly call someone your crazy ex-girlfriend for whatever reason maybe this is what you know sure. these are the events that led to someone having mental struggles or having a breakdown that causes them to move from New York and quit their job to West mm-hmm. Covina California <laughs> um, but yeah it, it goes a lot in depth into her mental health and shows the ugly sides and doesn't i think romanticize it or make it look desirable in any way which i think is kind of common especially in teen tv shows now as you see characters that have mental illness whether it's depression anxiety and it it becomes like a trendy thing almost in the Mm -hmm. tv show and then among um pop culture
1: that that was something um i think that's really important i always admired that in the show homeland Mm -hmm. Very different show. Yeah. (laughs) Very different. Very different show. (laughs) Slightly different plot. Yeah. Uh, But I always thought they did that well with uh, Claire Dane's character Mm -hmm. in that at first you may be tempted to think that her mental illness gives her these like special powers of perception. And Mm -hmm. and, like it's almost like a positive. But then the more you get into it, it's not romanticized. You see all of the things she struggles with and how hard it is for her to separate reality from fiction and sure. i mean like you you really get into that yeah. warts and all kind of thing yeah and i think that that's that was nice to see yeah well,
0: you get a lot of that uh s- separation from reality i think in the the music in this the show which mm-hmm. is a lot more obvious you have characters breaking out into song and sometimes in a meta way and sometimes in a way that they are aware they are breaking out into song but also sometimes it's just like yeah they're breaking out the song mm-hmm. but never in a serious way it's always just you know satirical musical commentary on the situation
1: well and she uh, uh rachel bloom has has uh what is she uh, been diagnosed as uh, borderline personality yes. disorder so hmm. she has personal experience with the way that she's uh showing her character and i think that that Obviously comes through, and how sensitive it is to that, and how honest it is of a portrayal, which I think is cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. That that's really interesting too. And that's um, there are, I think, different diagnoses that are that carry different stigma with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's especially important to do with something like borderline personality disorder, which carries, I would say, some pretty negative. Mm -hmm. stigma alongside it i mean not to say that mental illness in and of itself still isn't stigmatized by our society but some diagnoses i think are viewed as more negative than others and and that is i would say definitely among them
0: yeah and uh it's been a while since i've watched the show as a whole but i think that's also what rebecca is diagnosed with in the show yes Uh, eventually is Mm -hmm. borderline personality disorder um which is interesting to see because you see all these people in her life that are like encouraging her to go to therapy or take medicine or whatever people are or doctors are telling her to do to um, help her. And you see her personal struggle with not wanting to accept her own diagnosis and kind of fighting against like what she thinks that says about her or if she thinks that means that she is like failing as a person. But then you see her, accept that towards the end of the show and work on it and um spoilers the end of the show is basically the series is basically i need to work on myself i need to not focus on my relationships with other people that have been unstable because of a mental illness i have and these struggles i have so i'm going to take a year and not date anybody and work on myself and make myself better does she, uh,
1: I know that she goes to therapy yes. in the show. Does she go back on medications?
0: Is that part of the plot? Yes, if I remember correctly by the end of the Cause, show, I think.
1: Because I believe in in the first episode, one of the points is she gets rid of all her meds, right? Yes. yes,
0: she has medication for depression and anxiety, I believe is what it says. And she flushes them all down the toilet mm-hmm. um, when she is living in New York before she moves. I, I I was wondering
1: if that would because I haven't watched the whole series and I was wondering yeah. if that would resolve itself because I I always get frustrated when I see that right that concept like I know what I need to do I'm just going to make this massive change in my life yeah um, move across the country mm-hmm. <laughs> change jobs change everything about my life yeah and magically everything will be better and I won't need these medications for medical conditions anymore right, right. which. You see that trope with mental illness, and you would never see somebody saying, "I'm going to follow my ex-boyfriend to West Covina, California, and so I'm flushing my insulin and my anti-hypertensives <laughs> sure. down the toilet sure. <laughs> in order to do so because I won't need them anymore." Yeah. You would never see that because we would agree that's ridiculous, and it it's similarly ridiculous, yeah. you know, it, in yeah. that case. It's funny. I just uh, I just rewatched uh, Garden State. Which uh, I had good memories of, uh, but it, it, that's a, other, a whole other thing. Um, but it, it, it starts on that same like it, it that same idea where the character comes back to his hometown and stops taking his meds, and then it's like now he can feel things, and he's learning to feel, and then it's like I want to feel. It's like yeah, but you maybe needed some of those, and that's like, that's the end yeah. movie. Is he decides to stay off medication because he needs to feel things? Well, yeah, and that's such a that's such a negative one. It it insinuates that everybody who requires medication for mental illness just isn't like trying hard enough in some way. To be on yeah. Them or
0: think they need them. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That they could just make changes. Right. And then poof, they wouldn't yeah. need them anymore, which is so negative. And it's also really dangerous mm-hmm. um, because it further stigmatizes and then encourages like, That fear that a lot I know a lot of patients have of if I go on this medication, will it change me? If I go on this medication, will I not be able to feel Mm -hmm. all those fears? It kind of reinforces that idea Mm -hmm. uh, that, yeah, yeah, you will. And then someday you'll meet Natalie Portman and you'll stop taking your meds and (laughs) life will be beautiful again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what one of the things about the show that I think it does so well is you see her do that and you don't then see her after have this great life that's like oh everything's so much better and you know I'm not succumbing to the pressures of a successful career and I flushed all these medications down the toilet that I don't need and doctors thought I needed like no you see her <laughs> make this this decision that objectively is probably a very bad one mm-hmm. because this is her following a guy she has not seen since high school that she dated for a summer at a summer camp um, and quitting her job but she moves there and then goes through situations and is not a healthy person is not like a great I'm feeling things life is beautiful person like she has a lot of struggles and she is not able to really like focus on making her self the healthiest version of herself and improving her relationships until she realizes that oh mate maybe I did need to worry about my mental health and maybe i did need to be on medication and maybe you know Mm -hmm. i did need to do all these things to take care of myself and it wasn't just the situation i was living in it wasn't following josh to west covina all those things which i think is nice
1: and it also does a good job of showing the the secondary characters that they also have Mm -hmm. their own emotional struggles that they have to come to terms with or get over Mm -hmm. i i thought the side narratives of everybody else was just as interesting and just as well thought out as far as like you know None of the, the the love interests were really... They were really likable. They were all kind of mm-hmm. people that there were... Th- reasons that they were just
0: awful, but... Not great
1: yeah. people, yeah. <laughs> really, the whole cast yeah. is made up of kind of not great people. With yeah. maybe the exception of, of Daryl, maybe. <laughs>
0: but, oh, I love Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying uh, to think if he did anything yeah. deeply
1: problematic. I don't know. Maybe not.
0: <laughs> but it's it's also such a diverse cast of people. I mean, like, you have your your main female protagonist does not fit that stereotypical Hollywood standard of like this is what a woman should look like or be like or whatever which I thoroughly enjoy and then you have her neighbor is a woman of color you have her boss Daryl ends up being bisexual and comes out as bisexual who then ends up dating one of Josh's friends who is gay and you just you have this like rotating cast of characters that are all just like a diverse, realistic group of people that are not like friends from Mm -hmm, friends that are all beautiful and white and straight
1: is, uh, when I was, I was reading about what I hadn't seen yet of the show, just Mm -hmm. so I had a good idea of the whole show is that character called white Josh on the show. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's what I was trying to clarify. Like that's kind of, I mean, yeah, I get it. That's funny.
0: (laughs) Josh that she follows to West Covina is, uh, not white. I That's actually right. don't know his specific. But he's Josh. He's Josh. And, and then his friend who is white is also named Josh. And he's white Josh. Yes.
1: It's very good. Yeah. I, I wondered if that continued. Um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about you mentioned that it was not um, loved by audiences necessarily. Yes. Well, not, I guess, not enough to maintain right further seasons, but it was critically acclaimed. And I want to kind of get into why we think that might be true. Yeah. If you have ideas. But before we do that. Let's check the group message. Uh, I want to tell you both about story worth this week. Uh, Right now, you know, not everybody is being able to spend time with their family members, um, Mm -hmm. especially you know if they're if they're not ones that you live with immediately, and you're trying to connect as as best you can. uh, But it's there's no good way to say tell me stories from days of yore. I mean, I guess you could just say that to somebody on the phone or on FaceTime, but sure. it would be a weird thing to say. Yeah. Uh, and it would be nice if there was a way to get those those cool stories and that history uh, from your relatives of what their life was like and how they feel about things mm-hmm. uh, without having to awkwardly ask over Zoom during some sort of meeting. Yes. If you have family meetings, perhaps you do. Yeah, uh, And StoryWorth solves that problem for you by every week they will email whichever family member you've chosen, a different story prompt, a question that you have never thought to ask them before, didn't know exactly how to ask. Something like, what have been some of your life's greatest surprises or what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? Just to, you know, kind of get them thinking about some moment in their life that maybe they just never really thought to share with you and... This prompt will uh, will get them to think about it and they'll put down their answers. And then after a year, StoryWorth will compile every answer question and photo you choose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that your family can treasure forever. So mm-hmm. you can have a whole collection of all these all these interesting little tidbits about your loved one's life that um, you didn't even know yeah. to ask. So uh, if our listeners would like to check out StoryWorth, what should they do?
0: uh you should get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com/stillbuffering you'll get $10 off your first purchase that's storyworth.com/stillbuffering for $10 off this is a gift you can give to your mom or mother motherly figure this mother's day that is a meaningful gift by storyworth that's a great idea yeah it's storyworth.com/stillbuffering get $10 off we also have a
1: jumbotron. Yes. Uh, all right, this uh, this jumbotron is uh, from past Salem, and it's for future Salem, which I guess is current Salem because uh, uh, y- you made it here
0: mm. to now. You're in the future, yes. the future. <laughs> all right, but also it's the past because we'll be releasing this episode Yay. after uh, we recorded it. This... Time, time is an illusion. <laughs> this, is, this
1: is gonna create a tear in the space-time continuum. This <laughs> jumbotron, Salem. This, this is what did it. Uh, all right, and pass Salem, right? Congrats on four months living on your own without a mental breakdown and a happy golden birthday, even though it'll be spent inside with self-isolating. Uh, make sure to cuddle Winona Ryder, the cat, and do not spend more <laughs> money because this is your birthday present to yourself. Keep existing at 23 and play some Animal Crossing. Oh,
0: wow. Salem!
1: Definitely play some Animal yes. Crossing
0: and cuddle your cat that's named Winona Ryder. That is the best name I've ever name heard
1: for a, for a cat. That's a good name for a cat. You made it, Salem! Happy birthday, yeah, whenever—belated or soon or current,
0: current future, current, I'd
1: future, yeah. unclear. I don't. Happy birthday! Know. We the we've created a paradox that's destroyed time. So <laughs> there's
0: no time anymore. That's a cool that's birthday. Probably the present. best possible outcome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good birthday present for sure.
1: Have your own time paradox. I think the doctor did that once. Yeah. So you're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wanted, I wanted to get into, you mentioned that it wasn't, and I saw that, that like, even though critics seem to really love it, yeah. like it got tons of praise. And I think in large part for some of the stuff we've already talked about for, for how well uh, it handled the issue of mental illness and yeah. then talking about it openly, just handling yeah. it at all, you know, which a lot of shows shy away from. right? Um, but it, it wasn't, like, I think, like, the Nielsen ratings were yeah. were pretty low.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at, like, Rotten Tomatoes, the first three seasons got somewhere between a 95 and a 100% rating. So, mm-hmm. like, professional TV critics loved it. But... but Professional, professional TV <laughs> critics. But when you look at people watching it, they did not. And it was the lowest watched and rated show on the CW for most of its seasons. Um... And I, I, to me, watching it now, I don't know if it was maybe because it's just not the kind of thing you saw talked about a lot on TV. It didn't fit that standard pattern of things you watched. It was kind of uncomfortable and cringy at times, yeah. but not in like a badly produced way, just in like the content is not always the most comfortable to talk about. Mm hmm it's not the kind of tv show sometimes that you can just like turn your brain off and have on in the background it also requires you to like care about the characters and think about them and understand these complex situations and relationships they have with each other which i think is probably why it's so highly acclaimed by critics is because it is so complex um but not something that you can just casually watch you kind of have to keep with it do you think it was the patriarchy (laughs) definitely yes (laughs) You know what? If I'm ever unsure about something, that's always my answer. <laughs> Twas the patriarchy. I mean always, I yeah. guess. But no, I was curious because
1: I think that I have I have argued before that I think no, I think that female characters I should say non male characters. Sure. If you're not male, you generally are not allowed to have as many angles as a character and certainly not as many unattractive or messy bits mm-hmm. right. as male characters are. Yeah. And that even though we can we can watch a show, which I did, like Mad Men, for many seasons and accept simultaneously that Don Draper is a creep mm-hmm. and a bad guy, but also he has Reasons he has a story, mm-hmm. but also he's so cool and creative, right? And like you can have all those feelings for him, and that's normal mm-hmm. and acceptable. And he will be the star of the show and carry the show. Also, John Hamm is great, but this is a whole other issue. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, I don't think non male characters are given that kind of uh latitude, sure, typically, and that audiences have very low tolerances for that, mm. yes. That is that is a theory I have I agree with that well and I, I think specifically the the whole crazy angle I think that that's you know that's usually a word that you you put on a person or a character to just kind of dismiss anything beyond that like yeah it's a, it's a dehumanizing word it's once you're mm-hmm. crazy everything else in your emotional landscape doesn't matter you're just crazy and mm-hmm. so I think that that's just something that it's almost it's a way of of controlling people and diminishing people that the the show confrontationally says oh, yeah we're going to lead with that but now we're going to show you all everything else that goes on with her and all of her right. justifiable reasons for having the issues she has and that's yeah i don't mm-hmm. yeah that's something that people aren't used to
0: i mean even labeling her as an ex-girlfriend in the title is making it so she is like a past function in someone else's life not her own person Mm -hmm. and on top of that she is also crazy so it's just like two dehumanizing impersonal labels put on her as a person so you hear the title and you probably think like oh this is about some dude's probably crazy ex-girlfriend and how he deals with her but no it's this is how you see her as a person but this is who a person actually is that's that's tough i
1: wonder if they had trouble just overcoming that um, the unfortunate like societal connotation with that mm-hmm. title of the show alone. Because sure. that and and the fact that like sh- she does I- at least like early on kind of seem like your stereotypical yeah. quote unquote crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Like a- and I'm talking about the movie trope not sure. actual human beings. But like it, typically in media that is the character who like the our protagonist who's almost always a dude has to like get through Mm -hmm. (laughs) and has to continue to contend with while she like shows up and buys you a gun rack for your car even though you don't own a gun (laughs) like you have to he has to get away from her and then find a girl who's perfect (laughs) then he finds the good girl right like the crazy ex-girlfriend is the one that you you have to you it's the phase you go through on your way to that Perfect, beautiful girl who never says anything the least bit upsetting. Mm-hmm. Who is simultaneously like funny and brilliant and gorgeous and can play whatever instrument is the coolest at this moment in history. And you know, yeah, casually models on the side, but just for fun because you know she's all yours and yeah, all that stuff. Like that's that's crazy ex girlfriend is who you meet on the way to that girl. Yeah.
0: And you you see her ex boyfriend Josh with that girl that you think is that girl at first when she moves out to West Covina because he's engaged to um
1: Valencia Valencia.
0: yes Valencia I was gonna say I'm completely blanking on her name and you think she is like this oh she's kind of mean to the ex-girlfriend because she's like I have him now and I'm a model and I'm beautiful and I'm perfect and all these things and then again a spoiler for the end of the show um they don't end up together and Valencia ends up with a woman Hmm. and it is just like this whole series of character development for all of the characters where they all realize these things about themselves that either they weren't mentally healthy and they needed to work on themselves. They weren't happy in their relationships. They need to look at their relationships or their careers and just, it's not just one character who is this like perfect central character that is just being influenced by all these Either bad people or good people to get to a happy ending. It is a a group of characters that are all pretty flawed, but all trying to like figure themselves out amongst each other.
1: And and, you know, I'm really glad that it did give uh, a lot of that. It gave attention to Valencia's character, like down Mm -hmm. the road, because from the start I was a little bit like I don't know I hate that this character like I get that it's a funny turnaround on the on the trope but like oh she's such a mean girl and she's like no this Mm -hmm. this random woman just showed up in her life and tried to explode her her you know relationship like yeah sympathetic character that's written in a very mean way so I was very glad that they turned that back around because I think you're right and I think that really gets to the core it's like so often there's sort of a weird overlap of very simplistic morality in the, these sort of situations. These are bad people. These are good people. And these things make you bad and these things make you good. And you're right. It's like everybody has the ability to be both. And they're kind of written mm-hmm. showing both sides of that. And that's refreshing. Yeah. Do you think, do you think it suffered from uh, what they discuss in the song that Josh Groban sings? About the movie song? Mm-hmm. Do you think that the show suffers a bit from that? Like in that song, I watched that part, where which is great. Great. Josh Grubin is great. The song is great. Everything about it was great. Uh, But the idea that like life isn't a movie. It's just a series of things that happen. And if you ever went to a movie that was actually like real life, at the end you'd be like, what the heck did I watch? What was that? (laughs) Do you think that it suffers a bit from the idea that like, some of the things they're talking about aren't as dramatic cuz they're more true. Yeah. And and sometimes when something feels really true, it's hard for us to recognize it yeah. as a show or a movie or whatever or a book because we're like, well that's just like I mean like that wasn't exciting cuz like most of the time life isn't. Life yeah. isn't very exciting. It's just that. And it doesn't know. give it's you a like song. a like <laughs> a
0: perfect escape from the real world mm-hmm. because it is similar to The real world. I think you're right. I think that's probably part of it is that you're watching real people in real situations. You're not watching like, it's not like you're watching friends or the OC or Outer Banks. It's like a perfect group of people living this crazy, wild, great life you wish you had, and you could just pretend like you're one of them for a second. Like, it's kind of the opposite. That's
1: so true. I mean, when you see yourself in a character, I think it's a, you know, it's a form of escapism. To see them get a win kind of feels like maybe I could get a win, but. You know, Mm -hmm. when you see them just have to, well, you got to learn some hard lessons and spend some time on yourself. It's like, I know, but what if everything just worked out?
0: (laughs) Yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like, and this is skipping to the end, but I feel like you see that a lot in the ending when she ends the last season with three men who you've seen her date throughout the season that all want to date her again and all are competing for her to choose them. And you go all the way up until the very end of the very last episode. And I mean, it probably leaves the audience like I was, like I had a favorite and I was like, oh man, I need her to pick this guy because he's the best for her and not this guy because he's the worst. And it wasn't about her picking a guy. It wasn't about her choosing which relationship was great because if you look at her relationships with all of them, all of them were unhealthy and flawed and unstable at times, some more than others. And it wasn't about which guy is going to fix her and make her happy and be perfect for her it was about like how can i be that way on my own and then find someone who does not create more problems as some of these men have
1: did you all have favorites because i i didn't watch enough i feel like to make an informed pick and Mm -hmm. so my early favorite was uh greg yes uh but i'm a sucker for a bartender so yeah Taylor, you probably don't share that. I bet in your line of work, you've met one too many. Yeah, I hate it, Greg. Um, I thought... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, well, it's just because he oh, God, he was so mean to her up front, and it's like, ha, 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 I'm mean to you. That's my whole thing. And it was just kind of like, ah. And I didn't like Josh either. I was just kind of like, I don't yeah. know, like, neither of these dudes are very good. Um, I feel like, they, yeah. like you know, kind of like we are saying, they all got a bit more development i thought that the way that they handled greg with because they show him through the first season like drinking heavily and it's just kind of a like oh yeah that's what he's doing and then they come out like oh no he's going to alcoholics anonymous like i felt like that was very good because too often that is like a character trait you know Mm -hmm. and like oh yeah you know he's he's a sarcastic guy he drinks like no it's an actual problem and they're going to confront that so i do think yeah i learned uh, i learned to like greg for, through, by the time where I'm at in the second season. Like, I think he's okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know.
0: I uh, I also liked Greg at first, which, fun fact, I don't know if you all knew this, but Greg is also the voice of Prince Hans in Frozen. Oh, yeah. Which which Greg? The first, the first Greg. Greg? Okay. The first Greg is the voice of Prince Hans in Frozen. The second Greg, Greg leaves for a little bit, comes back in the fourth season, and is a different actor. Yeah. I heard that. Is Um Skylar, is it, is it jarring? Aston, they well, they make a joke about it, about okay. him looking different. Like, he shows up out of nowhere, and Rebecca's like, No, that's not him. I don't even recognize him. What are you talking about? And everyone else, like, No, obviously, that's Greg. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but <laughs> I didn't know
1: if it was like second <laughs> Becky on Roseanne or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, they, it's, it's one of those jokes that they joke about, or they make a point of pointing out the actor changing, um, who also was a Broadway actor and in all the Pitch Perfect movies, second oh. Greg was. Um, but there's a third love interest that enters the show later on who is a lawyer named Nathaniel who works with Rebecca and he was my favorite and i, f- I feel bad saying i'm a favorite cuz obviously it's not the point of the show isn't to have a favorite love interest it's not like rooting for Rachel and Ross to be together you know it's mm-hmm. it, it's different but um he also is a very complex character who is this lawyer who's always living up to his father's expectations and his father buys out the law firm and is super strict and harsh and he's supposed to be this perfect, smart, no-emotions kind of guy and then you see him like, oh, wait, no, he has all these emotions pent up and he wasn't allowed to express any of them because his father was all about, like, stereotypes of toxic masculinity and now he doesn't really mm. know how to express emotions So now he needs to go talk to people and learn how to be a person that can express emotions but also still be... The person that he was before just in like a healthier way so he's another you know you have all three of these love interests also you see them at first as like man this really attractive guy that really likes Rebecca but then it's like oh no all of them have stuff going on so he makes he takes like a
1: spike turn yeah okay yeah Yeah. I like how you're finding ways to understand this through other media oh like Wayne's World (laughs) (laughs) He's spike yeah (laughs) Uh, this is how I relate to the world. It's all through 90s media. <laughs> it's funny that you compare it to Ross and Rachel, though, because if you put the same sort of lens over Friends, it's like, well, you know, really, Ross and Rachel were not healthy people that were terrible for each other and probably should have yes. s- not should have spent some time working on themselves and, you know, being a little bit less self-centered. But, you know, you got to end the sitcom with happy couples. That's what you have to do. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Phoebe mm. still won that one. She got Paul Rudd. Oh, so. definitely. That's
0: <laughs> uh, all the this show is missing is Paul Rudd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's all any show is <laughs> missing the, uh, Yeah, that's true. That's true. What show wouldn't be better without with the
0: addition oh, of Paul oh, Rudd? God.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> The the music uh, mm. I I watched just some clips of music from throughout it just yes. to kind of get a feel for it, it was very I, it was good it was charming it's a lot the, of it it was yes. funny and tongue in cheek and I like all that that's my sense of humor I I, I really enjoyed that it yeah. was well done well performed um, the uh, I I had wondered initially like were audiences not in for a musical is that a little weird mm-hmm. but I feel like. Once Glee existed for so right. long, don't don't audiences like that? Don't, well, and also this I love like,
0: musicals. Don't all you other people now? Yeah. And this was a much more I think tolerable version of of the Glee musical type style show <laughs> for adults because it's self aware musical comedy, sure. and it's not just like listen to us sing really well. Like it it the songs are jokes, and they're they're not supposed to be great pop songs and they're catchy Mm -hmm. and they're funny. Some of them are good pop songs. Oh yeah. But um, that, that's one of my, I think maybe my favorite part of the, just the way the show is constructed and the storyline is the music because you, you see by the end that it's because Rebecca has always been intrigued by songwriting and because of this mental illness she has, she tends to like fluctuate between living in like reality and not being able to live in reality. So she writes all these songs, and now she's quitting her job as a lawyer by the end to pursue songwriting full time because that's what she wants to do and it's what she's always felt passionate about. Um, but I mean, if you think about the sheer number of songs that were written for the show, it was four seasons and about twenty episodes a season, usually around three to four songs an episode that's a lot of songs and it they were all written songs. by rachel bloom and uh, adam schlesinger who sadly just passed away from coronavirus just yeah. within the last few weeks um which is so unfortunate and so sad but he they was, did he was super talented yeah. he did
1: so much we talked about josie and the pussycats yeah. he did so much good stuff
0: did so much work together that thing and, you do yeah mm-hmm. so much great music um which sometimes I will just like turn on soundtracks from various seasons of Crazy Ex Girlfriend and listen to because they're very good. Um, yeah. yeah. They do a good job of connecting it to the story that makes sense, but also not making it so there's a reason for them bursting out to song every time, like Ugly, for example. <laughs> sure. Which is reminding me now that I want to make you all watch, rewatch, or oh, make you no. all rewatch Glee to so talk about no, Glee. No. <laughs> Because I recently rewatched it, and there are some problems. <laughs> yeah, you think <laughs> that I did not recognize when I was eight. Uh <laughs> huh. Um, oh no. But a much less problematic show is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and if you have not watched it, it is all on Netflix. I highly recommend it. It's not the most like simple, easy, mindless escape into TV, but it, it certainly is meaningful and well written and well constructed and um also has a lot of good yeah. songs so well good well thank you for sharing thank you all for watching i'm glad you all enjoyed it and uh mm-hmm. i'm probably going to rewatch it again now all after right. talking about it <laughs> <laughs> wow uh speaking of rewatching yes i
1: want you both to rewatch something for next week that i have watched i have no the number does not exist the, the limit, does, the does, not limit exist. does not exist <laughs> it's not Uh, mean girls though it's not Mean Girls. no it's not man that would (laughs) have been a perfect wow (laughs) man no uh i'm sure we'll get to that but (laughs) i was gonna suggest the princess bride because oh that's a good one yeah when it comes to uh things that were formative to me there are few things that that rival the princess bride and I think it would be weird to make you both watch Mash for this show, so <laughs> um, or read the Hot Zone. So the the movie, The Princess Bride, it's I think it's available on Disney Plus now. If you've got that, um, if you're like me, you own several copies anyway. Just on the sure. safe side, you never know. In case your streaming services are down, you have right. to have it. On An emergency
0: on. copy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: DVD and VHS, whatever else you need. <laughs> and uh, I will probably sprinkle some facts from the book in there um, but I will not require you to read the book because it's in a week Thank so, you, professor. So we'll, we'll focus mainly on the movie
0: <laughs> awesome
1: well I'm excited yes yeah. I'm gonna make uh, Charlie watch it oh good yeah I think I think I think other than the ROUSs, I think we're ready yeah we'll just cover our eyes together
0: yeah sometimes um, I cover my eyes for that part as well <laughs> pretty scary yeah
1: <laughs> it's intense I know so many facts about the filming of that scene. <laughs> oh, man,
0: I can't wait. It's going to be good.
1: <laughs> uh, well, thank you both. And thank you, listeners. I hope you're all doing well. Hang in there. Uh, we're we're going to get through this. Um, keep staying home as much as you can and staying safe and washing your hands and wearing your masks when you're out in public and all those good things. And uh, reaching out and connecting with other people through social distancing approved methods. Um stay connected. And uh thank you to Maximum Fun, the network that hosts our show and a lot of wonderful podcasts you would enjoy. You should go to MaximumFun dot org and check out all those shows. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximum dot org if you have thoughts or suggestions or things you think we should discuss, whatever. It works now, so please feel free. Yes. And you can tweet at us at StillBuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song Baby Change Your Mind.
0: This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I am, am too. Got it right. this years. That was one of our worst. Yeah. We can get back to it. <laughs> Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The
1: security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest.
0: Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.